General Michael Flynn and his lawyer Sidney Powell won big time at the appellate court yesterday when they granted General Flynn's motion in a two-to-one decision. What you might not realize is that all Americans won big in the decision released yesterday as well. Let me explain. I'm Gail Trotter, host of The Gail Trotter Show. I'm a liberty-loving, tyranny-hating lawyer based in your nation's capital. I aim to keep you informed and to be your spokesman in Washington, D.C. I have three points that I want to share with you today about this appellate court decision in favor of General Michael Flynn. First, the Flynn case is a case about power, specifically about the allocation of power between two co-equal branches of government. Let me tell you why. In Justice Antonin Scalia's most famous dissent, in a 7-1 decision, he was the sole dissenter in a case called Morrison versus Olson, he recalled that we all know the phrase that we have a government of laws and not of men. Few people realize where that phrase came from. It's from the Massachusetts Constitution that existed before our federal constitution was ratified. Quoting, in the government of this commonwealth, the legislative department shall never exercise the executive and the judicial powers or either of them. The executive shall never exercise the legislative and judicial powers or either of them. The judicial shall never exercise the legislative and executive powers, or either of them. To the end, it may be a government of laws and not of men. That's quoting from the Constitution of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts that existed before our federal constitution was ratified. And note that key phrase, a government of laws and not of men, and that goes into the separation of powers. It's directly saying that the separation of powers between the three co-equal branches of the government enable us to have a government of laws and not of men. The reason for the separation of powers is so that rights have actual meaning. And there are many countries around the world, both in history and today, that have much more impressive and comprehensive bills of rights than our own bill of rights. But their bill of rights are meaningless and exist only, only on paper. That is because these countries do not have separation of powers like we Americans do. Separation of powers is what protects us. If you don't protect the separation of powers, you get tyranny. And remember, I said I hate tyranny. So that's why this issue is so important to me. Why am I telling you about the Morrison versus Olson case? Because at the heart of the D.C. Circuit Court's mandamus order released yesterday is the notion that a judge cannot be a prosecutor. A judge has a separate role from a prosecutor. The General Flynn case perfectly exhibits this principle. Now, Scalia, as I said, Justice Scalia was the lone dissenter in Morrison versus Olson. But sometimes in law, the dissent in a Supreme Court case becomes the powerful beacon, which over time persuades lawmakers and Americans of its correct statement of deep principles of law. That is the situation with Morrison versus Olson. The law at issue in the Morrison case eventually expired, 
and it was not renewed by Congress because lawmakers realized that Justice Scalia was exactly spot on in his dissent. How does the Morrison case apply to General Flynn's case? My second point to share with you today is this very important point that a judge shall not be a prosecutor. A judge cannot be a prosecutor in the American system of government. After some unusual and disturbing moves by the district court judge, Emmett Sullivan, in General Michael Flynn's case, General Flynn's lawyers filed a motion for a writ of mandamus with the appeals court. The court heard oral argument a couple of weeks ago, and I went into detail for you about the arguments raised at the oral argument. Three appellate court judges heard General Flynn's motion. One of the judges was appointed by George H.W. Bush. One judge was appointed by Obama. And the third judge was appointed by President Donald Trump. I said that it was looking bad for General Flynn when the Bush-nominated judge seemed to indicate that it was too early for the appellate court to grant a writ of mandamus. She seemed to indicate that she wanted to let it play out in the district court, and that was very troubling because with a three-judge panel, you need two to get a positive decision. However, yesterday we heard the great news that the court had granted General Flynn's motion in part. I'm going to link down below to the opinion. The appellate court issued a decision two to one, ordering the lower court judge to dismiss the case against General Flynn per the Department of Justice's motion, and the appellate court disallowed the lower court judge's order appointing John Gleason to serve as a friend of the court to argue for keeping the criminal case against General Flynn going. The appellate court, however, declined to remove the lower court judge, Judge Emmett Sullivan, so another judge could oversee the dismissal. The court said that the judge's outbursts in court against General Flynn Remember, he said things at the original sentencing case, things like, oh, maybe it's treason, perjury. He said, Judge Sullivan said some outrageous things that were not in the record of the case. The government had not charged him with that, and they seemed very biased against General Flynn. But the appellate court ruled that case law shows that the judge can say things like that. He can form his own opinion about the defendant and the case. And that doesn't preclude the judge from continuing to oversee the case because it doesn't demonstrate enough bias to justify the removal of the judge. And they found that to be the case in with Judge Sullivan and General Flynn. The court, as I said, said that this did not rise to the level of demonstrating bias against General Flynn that would warrant Gen Judge Sullivan's removal. The central point of the appellate court's decision is that a judge cannot establish himself as a prosecutor. This judge, Judge Emmett Sullivan, overstepped his authority. There are three co-equal branches of government in the United States, and the judiciary derives its power from Article Three of the U.S. Constitution that empowers courts to hear cases and controversies. This judge exceeded his authority under Article 3. Article 2 of the Constitution says that the executive is in charge to, quote, take care that the laws are faithfully executed. 
And the quintessential, the very key Article II power is that of prosecution. My third point to share with you today is that the dissenting judge, the Obama judge, tries to ignore or erase the separation of powers. His dissent argued that, quote, leave of court under Rule 48A means something, that the judge has discretion to investigate the reasons for the exercise of the prosecutorial power. Now, this judge's tortured dissent tried to make the case that Judge Sullivan could do an investigation into the reasons for the Department of Justice wanting to dismiss the case against General Flynn. The judge also put forward a technical argument as well about whether the appellate court can consider the effects of the executive branch's powers when the Department of Justice had not itself filed the motion for a writ of mandamus. I explained this when we laid out the arguments in the appellate, oral, appellate court's oral argument that this issue was raised by Judge Wilkins, the Obama judge, and the Department of Justice responded that they would be happy to join the, the motion, they'd ha be happy to file another motion, and it was an emergency motion, and the, the issues had already been raised by General Flynn, so the Department of Justice was happy to do what the court wanted, but the court could also just consider the r issues raised because the Department of Justice joined with those issues. Judges matter. I cannot say this enough, enough times, loudly enough. Judges are the key to preserving our rights as American citizens. Obama judges love the living Constitution, and they want to insert their personal preferences over the black letter text of our laws. In General Flynn's case, there is no allegation of prosecutorial harassment by the Department of Justice, nor are there any allegations of bribery of the Department of Justice or the prosecutors in the case. These would be reasons for review by a judge under Rule 48A, which is the rule that Judge Flynn, I'm sorry, General Flynn and the Department of Justice want the case dismissed under. The Obama Judge Wilkins faults the appellate court for acting before the district court has acted. But the district court did act by appointing an intemperate amicus, John Gleason. Remember, Judge Henderson called him an intemperate amicus because he displayed his bias far before uh, Judge Sullivan nominated him or ordered him to be the amicus, the friend of the court, for the district court. He had, he had published that op-ed with several other people in the Washington Post saying that the, the prosecution's dismissal reeked of political influence, and he had been essentially appointed the task by Judge Sullivan to make arguments on behalf of continuing the prosecution against General Michael Flynn. That is not what is allowed under Rule 48A. A judge can look at whether there's prosecutorial harassment or bribery, but not whether you go back into the internal issues of the charging decision by the Department of Justice. Now, the Obama judge faults the, uh, the court for not understanding, for the appellate court for not expanding this inquiry under Rule 48A. However, 
I think the opinion by Judge Rao and Judge Henderson hits this smack back. Quoting from the opinion of the appellate court, ultimately the dissent fails to justify the district court's unprecedented intrusions on individual liberty and the executive's charging authority. This is not a case about whether a district court may even hold a hearing on a Rule 48A motion. Rather, it is about whether, after the government has explained why a prosecution is no longer in the public interest, the district court judge may prolong the prosecution by appointing an amicus, John Gleason, encouraging public participation, the other amicus briefs, and probing the government's motive. On that, both the Constitution and the cases are clear. He may not. This case is about power. While it rightly focuses on General Michael Flynn and the justice he seeks, it also has larger implications for all of us. As Justice Scalia wrote, our system of a separation of powers ensures that we have a government of law and not of men. The system protects us all. I'm going to ask you to do three things today. Number one, thank President Trump on social media and via the White House contact website, which I'm going to link to down below, for his commitment to nominate federal judges who are independent, fair, and faithful to the Constitution. I'm going to ask you to thank Senator Mitch McConnell and encourage your state senators on social media and their website contact forms for their com commitment to confirming federal judges who are independent, fair, and faithful to the Constitution. If your senators do not support this, please politely let them know that judges matter to you and you want judges who are independent, fair, and faithful to the Constitution. Finally, thank Judge Rao and Judge Henderson on social media for upholding General Flynn's rights and for their court's commitment to the core doctrine of separation of powers in our Constitution. Thank you so much for joining me today. Please subscribe to the show, hit the bell so you don't miss a single daily episode, and comment down below on your opinions about the appellate court's decision, and let me know if there are any other topics that you would like me to cover in future episodes. Thanks for listening to The Gail Trotter Show, right in D.C. Be sure to sign up for her mailing list on her website, gailtrotter.com. And also, follow her on Twitter, at Gail Trotter, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe now, it's easy. Thanks for listening. Share the truth. Share The Gail Trotter Show.